Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, good day. Thanks for jumping in the ice bath with me this morning. Here's something to get the blood pumping straight away. Technology in sport. I reckon we can't get enough of it, and it should be used more and more and more to get the decision right. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. They are the digits you need to be part of Queensland Sports' biggest conversation, whether you're listening on air, online, or on your phone. We are broadcasting here from the centre, the heart of Brisbane, SENQ. Calls to scrap the bunker, to, to wind back the use of video. Crazy talk. Will never happen. Or should it? I'll expand on that shortly. But today we have got it all covered. A galaxy of stars. Mal Meninga in an hour's time, the former Queensland coach. I want to get his insight into the team that was picked. Uh, We did this a week ago. Mal and I, we sat down and picked his team. There are a few notable absentees, of course, course, Josh Papalihi. But he didn't have Reese Walsh in his team. Uh, and he also had Felice Cafusi. So how does it stack up now? And the big thing, too, is what lessons have been learned from 2021 with the Queenslanders? That's when New South Wales shredded us, their back line. It's back. Luttrell, Turbo, Teddy, the Fox, To'o, the two Penrith halves. Should we be worried? Is Mel Meninga worried? Or how do you combat that? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, every hero has a villain. A villain. We have Mal Meninga in one corner and in the other corner, well, the bloke who was Queensland public enemy number one. Mortimer again, linking up with Peter Wynn. And now they're only 32 metres out from the Queensland line as Elias runs from Dummy Half. He's in the clear, Elias! He's going to score! Right underneath the post, Benny Elias, you you little beauty. Fair dinkum. That is a New South Wales call if I've ever heard it. Uh, Betty Elias after 10 o'clock today. His thoughts on the Blues, but also Tavita Pengai Jr. I'll get Mal's take on this as well because we know that he has been brought into this New South Wales team for one thing and one thing only, to stand up to the Queenslanders. They reckon they were bullied last year. Well, they were. They were stood over and they were dominated. So that's the reason... TPJ is in the Blues team. Les Boyd was invited into the Blues camp yesterday. We know the intent. We know which way they're going to go. So how do you do this? How Do you, do you get under Tavita's skin? Do you needle him or do you just let him be? Mal's take on that, Benny Elias as well, because Benny Elias was in the thick of things. The last time the Blues had a, well, a psycho. Come into the town. It's the best way to describe it, right? Mark Geyer, he was brought in to do a job. He was told there were no rules in origin. Look what happened. That was 1991. Mal was there. Benny Elias was there. MG and Wally right in the thick of it. Do we see a repeat of that happening in 2023? Of course not. The rules are different now. Yeah, but it's state of origin. There are no rules. Uh, Benny Elias, he is the one you booed the most, isn't he? Yeah. Public enemy number one after all this time, or has he been superseded in that? Who who else? Who, Paul Gallen has he overtaken that? Maybe it's Tavita Pengai Junior this time around. Who's if not Benny Elias? Who's the biggest villain in sport? 
Who's the the player you'd love to boo the most? And, and in in a good way because he was the villain of the team. It doesn't have to be a present day player. It can be someone in the past. And it doesn't have to be rugby league. What are the sports? Who, who's the biggest villain in world sport right now? Who's the one you'd like to boo the most? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Funny thought bubbles this morning, aren't we? Um, one man the Blues love to hate is the man who had them on high alert in 2002. Walkers on. Walkers on. Walkers on. Walkers on. Pass it on, Hodjo. Hodjo, Walkers on. Watch Walker. Can you let them know that Walker's on the field? Yeah, I did already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of the best. Nathan Brown is a trainer for the Blues. Laurie Daly was coach. Walker's on. That's right. He is on the air in the next 15 minutes as well. Chris Walker. Where are they now? Wednesdays. What's Walks doing right now? Um, not only is he part of State of Origin folklore for, for that and scoring a try and every he blitzed it, didn't he, when he came in? Only played two years of State of Origin. But he's also part of a great sporting family. The brothers, Chris, Shane, Ben, now the nephew and son, Sam, Sam Walker. Because it got me thinking when we are talking, when I looked at the Broncos team that was announced yesterday, and we'll be speaking to Kobe Hetherington before midday today, Kobe Hetherington is part of a famous family, father-son. Jason Hetherington didn't play for the Broncos, but got Jason Hetherington, Kobe Hetherington. In that Broncos team that was announced yesterday, Tristan Saylor is at fullback. Wendell's son. Man, do I feel old now. Tristan Saylor fullback. Billy Walters, Kevin's son. And nephew of Kerrod and Steve. Uh, and Kobe Hetherington. So father-son's everywhere. Famous families in sport. Who's your favourite? And it doesn't have to be father-son. What about mother-son, father-daughter, brothers? Who is the best? Who is your favourite? Who's the one that stands out? It doesn't have to be rugby league. It can be across the board. 13 13 55 0467 736 We'll be filtering that throughout the next three hours as well. As well. The best father-son combo. Kobe Heddington. He tackles like his old man, doesn't he? Not built like him, but Jesus is tough as nails. Oh, we're heading to the UK as well. Promised this yesterday. Uh, we're hearing numbers about uh, Michael Nisa, even Marcus Harris, Marnus Labuschagne, County Cricket, uh, Aussies over there, Achillea. But I, I want to go and take you on the ground in the UK as well. What is the opposition like? What What are the bowling attacks like that these guys are taking uh, and, and mounting runs, but also even Michael Nisa with the wickets? So uh, I'll take you to our man on the ground in the UK, the Ashes and the ICC World Test Championship. That's in two weeks' time. Two weeks we take on India, and then we roll straight into five tests, the Ashes. Of uh, to play England. So what do we got? We've got six tests in the best part of seven weeks. It all starts in a fortnight. Take it to the UK. And, of course, it's a Wednesday, which means 11 a.m. mayhem. You call, you get on. Anything you want to talk about, that is happening at 11 a.m. Prizes to give away to. We've got a double to Origin Under the Stars tomorrow. No, not tomorrow. It's today. Today, week, Origin 1. Geez, that's crept us up on us. Seven sleeps to go. I've got doubles to give away to our party here. Origin under the stars. You get to watch the game. You get to have the drinks and the food on us, and you listen to our bias call here on SENQ. But first... 
And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. Uh, all right, here we go. Time to get the blood boiling at 16 degrees on a Wednesday morning at 11 past nine. Do we have too much technology in sport or not enough? I say bring it on. I say use it. Use it to it is squeezed all the juice out of it. The Bunker, Hawkeye, Video Ref, Hotspot, Snicko, TMO, ARC, DRS, VAR. Well, sometimes do you find yourself asking WTF when it seems they have NFI? You've given the referees too much control of the rule book. You've given the referees too much control of the game. It was the one thing that was advised to me 30 years ago by very smart people in this game. Do not give referees control of the rule book. Do not give them referees control of video refereeing. He said at the time, he said it would be a disaster in the game. And it's been a disaster. It's been an absolute disaster. The nitpicking, it's the... You know why they're getting so much wrong? It's the nitpicking. It's the nitpicking in the bunker. They must have a giant magnifying glass there sometimes to pick up stuff that no-one could possibly see. It goes on every week. The nitpicking, the nitpicking by the bunker to disallow a try. They want to find something that no-one else can find. They want to find it and just spoil the moment. It's ridiculous. And it's ruining the game. And the, and the, problem, the problem with that is, is that our officials keep supporting it and saying you can't criticise it and well, they should be allowed to continue what they're doing. It's creating more controversy than it, no technology. Yeah, without doubt it is. It it is. So you're saying yeah. get rid of the technology? It's killing it, yeah. For grounding of the ball in the in goal only, that's the only reason it should be used. Okay. The only reason it should be used. Fair dinkum. Phil Gould and Paul Gallant. Well, there's a couple of villains there we love to hate. Um, you may hear Phil Gould and resonate with what he's saying. Nitpicking, slows the game down, too much technology, scale it all back in the fair income department. Winding back the bunker, scrapping the bunker, it's ludicrous. You can't uninvent technology. You can't unscramble the egg. Technology needs to be used because it exists. Let me explain. You're sitting at home. You're watching it. You can see it. But the referee misses it. A million eyeballs are watching something unfold on TV, yet the person who's in control misses it. That's why the technology was introduced into decision-making. It's there. It's to get rid of the howlers. Yes, they are starting to nitpick a bit, but you know what? It's about getting it right, right? We're talking professional sport, professional. People's careers are on the line here. People's careers are reliant on the results and you need to get that right. If you scrap the video ref or the VAR or DRS or Hawkeye or Bunker or whatever, or wind, you can't scrap it. They don't have that technology in park footy, park cricket. And that's what sets professional sport apart. It's professional. You have other elements there that isn't like every other sport. The bunker was greenlit at the end of 2015. Back then, the NRL said they're introducing it to improve accuracy, consistency, efficiency, and transparency of live game decision-making. It was implemented uh, in conjunction with, well, they reduced the interchanges at the same time. Uh, they introduced the scrum and dropout clock, all, all these initiatives to help the game speed up, but also to tighten the stoppages, to deliver a better spectacle for fans. That's why it was introduced. Has it worked? 
Is, is that what you've got? A better spectacle for fans? More game continuity, accuracy, consistency, efficiency, transparency. 13-13-55-0467-736-736. Has the NRL delivered on that? That was the promise from the bunker in 2016 when it was implemented. But I ask you, what's the alternative to what we have right now? And I guess that's my question this morning. If there's something that needs to change with technology, and I know I'm using the bunker as a reference because we're smack bang in the middle of rugby league season, but have a look at sport worldwide. Hawkeye in tennis, DRS in cricket, the ARC in AFL, VR, VAR in, in football, uh, TMOs, video rest, whatever you want to call them. If you don't have them, what you do have are howlers. Getting it wrong. When the world can see how wrong it was from multiple angles, yet those in the middle can't. All we're asking for is the right decision, isn't it? Or is that too much to ask? As I said before, you can't uninvent technology. We can't wind it back. And I tell you who won't be winding it back, the broadcasters. This technology keeps evolving and keeps you entertained at home. That cutting edge experience that they give you in your lounge room or at the bar or wherever you're watching it on your phone, they're not winding that back. So if you can see it, why can't the officials see it? Why can't they use it? What's the answer? Where's the balance here? What's the tipping point for you? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. I don't think we've got a technology problem. We've got a people problem. As long as they're humans in charge of this technology, then you're going to have issues. But that's the whole point, isn't it? Humans make mistakes. But you want to minimise those mistakes. You want to get it as close to perfection as possible. It's a lot to ask, but aren't we asking a lot of our athletes? That's why they're getting paid the big bucks, to try and get it as close to perfection as possible. If you start dropping the bar, stop dropping the ball, well, then all of a sudden that bar lowers. And then the spectacle lowers, doesn't it? One thing I did love was Adam G overruling the bunker Thursday night in the Broncos storm game. He asked them to look again. Don't think this looks right, he said to Ashley Klein. And they looked again and they changed their mind. That was okay. I I liked that because that is the human intervention coupled with technology. It allows the discussion to take place. It allows the two separate eyeballs to watch the same thing and get a different result. I don't think it was the right result. Reese Walsh, he was contesting the ball, wasn't he? Yeah, he had a look to see where the opposition was, but he had to, right? You're running into a pack. You're running into opposition players. You've got to see what's around you. You've got to have a look and assess your situation, and then you go for the ball. I go back to what Kevy said. What if Reese Walsh had caught that and scored a try? Do they take it off him? He was contesting the ball, wasn't he? But anyway, technology. Should it be used more or should it be scaled back? What would you change when it comes to technology? Because all I've seen over, I'm not even going to say the last week, I reckon the last year, I reckon the last decade, is complaints about the technology. But you know what we had before that? We had the complaints about we don't use the technology. Remember when DRS wasn't a thing? Yet we had hotspot and we had replays and we could see that it was hitting middle stump or going down leg. We bring it in and we're complaining again. 
So where's the balance? Where's the middle ground? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. What would you like to see technology do? The bunker, the VAR, the DRS video ref. What would you like to see them do or not do? Change to make it better. 20 past nine, over to you. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Hudson around to Carey. Hudson lassoed by Tallis. Look at Tallis. Look at Tallis. He drags him over and out of the rectangular ring. Ah, yes, just getting the vibe going for State of Origin. It is a week today. Origin 1 in Adelaide, Melmaninga after 10 o'clock. Benny Elias as well. Uh, so much to talk about and dissect. I've just seen a tweet from Jamie Soward. Dragons fans, today is going to be a good day. Stay tuned. Right, we are on Dragon's Watch, a possible announcement of a new coach coming through. That's what I'm reading in between the lines. Jamie Soward, thank you for the heads up. Uh, Jason Riles, perhaps? Hmm. Uh, Just on a text line. G'day, Ben. Jerome Luai cannot stand the bloke. Modern day villain, says Chris at Kashmir. P.S. The Walker's dad. Ben, Shane, Chris, their dad, Gary, was also a great BRL player. Uh, Loving the show. Chris, thank you. Loving your input as well. All right. Speaking of which, let's do this. Walkers on. Walkers on. Walkers on. Walkers on. Pass it on, Hodjo. Hodjo, walkers on. Watch Walker. Can you let them know that Walker's on the field? Yeah, I did already. (laughs) Oh, one of the great origin moments indeed. Sadly, we're thinking about that rather than the tries he scored. So where are they now, Wednesdays? Let's touch base with the man himself, Chris Walker. Very good morning to you, mate. Where are you right now? Well, hello, Benny. What's happening, mate? Long time no speak. Mm, It's been a while. I am... I am sitting right now uh, watching the Brisbane Broncos train. Um, I believe they're down a couple of players due to origin. So I rang Kevy and said, listen, I'm fight, fit, ready to go. So put me in, coach. But those calls fell, fell on deaf ears. So today I'm just having a coffee and watching the boys train. So um, that's exactly where I am right now, mate. Outstanding. Where, where, how are they looking? I don't, actually, I tell you what, I'm so glad I retired from playing football 12 years ago because these kids these days are monsters. Um, mate, they would fold me in half. They train really well. They look crisp. So it'll be interesting to see how they go against the Warriors. Um, they head off shortly. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go. Kevy's got them going good. So uh, hopefully they can get a win. All right. Well, in that 12 years since you've retired, um, we, we, we remember seeing you doing that great walk from Cairns down to, uh, down to the southeast. But what keeps you occupied these days, mate? What, what are you doing besides drinking coffee, watching the Broncos train? Well, Benny, um, I've got another drink that I've just launched uh, 17 months ago with uh, one of my good mates, Nate Miles. It's a vodka company. So, yes, I've gone into uh, the alcohol and spirits game. So... Yeah, we've been launched for about 17 months. It's called Ariane Vodka and Sunny Days Distillery. So, yeah, that's, mate, that's been taking up a lot of my time, um, you know, apart from completing a walk from Cairns to Gold Coast two years ago. Um, yeah, that's what, that's what takes up my time at the moment, which is, um, 
you know, for a person who loves to drink, I've been off the drink now for seven months, and it's just been uh, it's been head down, bum up, getting the vodka out to get on as many lips as I can. Well, Chris, some would say you've been in the alcohol game for a bit longer than seventeen months, and I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> uh, look, I, I, the reason I want to I want to talk to you for a number of reasons today: Broncos and State of Origin, because you were a part of great eras for for both. What are we now? Day three of a State of Origin camp. What is day three like inside a Queensland camp? Give us an insight, an insider's point of view. What would they be doing today? Yeah, they would be, um, mate, they'd be uh, today probably waking up with a bit of a hangover, actually. They probably would have went out last night, uh, trained yesterday, got together, got the team together. It's nothing better than a, than a good old-fashioned bonding session in an origin camp. I know that um, yeah, that was probably one of the funnest things that I had um, that we used to do when we would go into our first week um, of a training camp. They're a little bit longer, so they can you know, have a little bit of fun early on in the week. Um, not sort of take it too serious. The build-up will come later. And, you know, Billy, obviously he's been in a number of camps as a player and he did a fantastic job last year. So I don't think they'll probably go too far away from, you know, letting, them, letting their hair down the first couple of nights that they're in camp. And, you know, it just, it just loosens up the mood. It gets people, um, you know, relaxed for the week. But then also, too, that they know come this time next week, um, she's all business and they're in... You know, a different state, and they're about to take on the enemy. So, you know, this part of the week would be, you know, a bit of relaxing. There'd probably be maybe a game of golf, or um, or whatever, whatever tickles a fancy within the group. So, it would it would start off relaxed, and then they get back into, um, you know, say come Saturday, Sunday. That's when the game faces come on. That's when things start to get a little bit serious in and around camp. And, what did a bonding session um, look yeah, like? Last... In, Chris, what did a bonding session look like in two thousand and one? Because you've got to remember that was that era where. You you were brought into a team. There were there were nine rookies, nine debutants. Yeah, yeah. Johnny so, yeah, Johnny uh, Doyle, Buttergig, Big Red. Yeah, yeah, Carl Webb. Yeah, so there was Lottie. there was Lottie the Kiri. There was um there was a number of us that came into that team, and yeah, it was after. You've Got to remember in two thousand uh, New South Wales, Forty Eight Pants Town. They beat us by fifty. They were throwing grenades. They were doing try celebrations, and then. Uh, Wayne comes in, he takes over the coaching role, um, role again for Queensland, um, does a massive big sweep out from the year before. And, you know, like you said, there was nine debutants. So um, to have that sort of pressure um, coming in, um, there was certainly a hell of a lot. But uh, the master coach in Wayne Bennett, it was it was all fun and games at the start of the, start of the, uh, the, the training camp. And then... By the end of it, um, we were ready to peel the paint off the wall for him. So, um, you know, a uh, lot, lot different. Probably not, probably not too much different. But um, you know, there's certainly the boys would have uh, let their hair down during the week and or you know the start of this week, and then she's definitely into uh, serious mode. Uh, Chris, we've just crept past 9.30, which is when I'm supposed to be hitting the news. So what I'm going to do is give you some thinking music. It's called our news hit. Um, everyone in the Blues camp had the walkers on, walkers on, high alert. I want you to think about modern day 2023. Who would be the walkers on equivalent for New South Wales that Queensland has to look out for in a week's time down Adelaide? While, while you while you think about that, chew on that, we're going to get a quick news hit from Nessa and come back and chat to Chris Walker, not only about Bronco. Not only about origin, but Broncos as well.
Uh, nothing kickstarts the heart like State of Origin does at a week to go. We have a double to give away to our Origin Under the Stars party. We'll be doing that after 11, 11 a.m. Mayhem, you call, you get on. But right now, we are getting it on with Chris Walker. Where are they now? Wednesdays cover so many bases here, State of Origin and the Broncos. We left him coming into the news with who would be on high alert from a Queensland point of view. A walker's on, walker's on situation for the Blues. Chris... Who are you fearing the most from the Blues? Well, I'm fearing um, I'm fearing Luai and obviously Cleary. They're very like, they play week in week out with each other. They've got a really good understanding of each other's games. Luai, he's a bit of a enigma. He, he sort of you, you don't know what you're going to get from him, and that's in in Origin. His unpredictable uh, his unpredictability, um, you know, can be serve as a as a high alert warning for the Queensland State of Origin team. Then you look at you know Turbo, what he did on the weekend against the Raiders, scoring three mm-hmm. tries at the right time. So he's coming into some form. But um, Latrell Mitchell, for me, he's he's your king. He's um, I think they're going to waste him out there in the centres. As you know, Origin is not really a outside backs game for the first 10, 15, maybe even 20 minutes. It's a it's a battle of who can get over to the top of each other. Um, but Latrell Mitchell, he's got that X factor. He's the man that we're, I think that we've got to watch uh, most for for New South Wales. I think the, uh, the the New South Wales guys they've got it across the park. But for me, Reese Walsh, he's um, he's dynamic. He is so fast. He's so electric. He can create something out of nothing, and that's what we need. Um, come Wednesday night, we need him to um, him to do what he needs to do and get the, yeah. get an early touch, get into the game, and and see how he goes. His acceleration reminds me a little bit of you, mate, when you just touched the ball, you just knew something was going to happen. You don't know what, but something was going to happen. Mate, I'm going to make you feel really old now. So what are you, what about, what are you in, early 40s? 43. 43. 43. All right, well, your old teammate from that Origin 1 and Broncos teammate back in 2001, Wendell Saylor, his son is making his Broncos debut. Yes. He's out there training with them right now. Um, father, father, sons and families. The Broncos have got three of them. You've got Billy Walters, you've got Tristan Saylor and Kobe Hetherington, all with all with famous dads. You've been part of a famous sporting family. You played your brothers and, and also dad Gary was a was a handy player in the in the Brisbane comp. Yeah, I, I mean, and and, uh, and my uncle from from mum's side, he played for the Queensland Reds. So um, we got a we got a pretty rich uh, rugby league and and rugby union vein running through our bodies at the uh, at the minute. And then obviously Sam coming through down there at the Roosters, or probably not in the first grade side at the moment. But um, uh, but yeah, we uh, we're, we're we're pretty uh, privileged to to be able to you know be around rugby league and sport all our whole lives, and you know to have my father play. You know, in the Brisbane comp, when the Brisbane comp was the was the strongest comp out of all comps. You know, Wally Lewis, Gene Miles, Dad played in the 1980 Grand Final for North, where they beat South um, at Lang Park in front of 47,000 people. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty cool to to um, you know to, to sit back and watch some of Dad's old games, and then obviously have the beauty of watching Sam run around for the Roosters and you know reflect on on my career and Shane's career and Ben's career to. To um, yeah, to see where those boys went with their careers as well. It's um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It is really cool. Uh, any pressure coming with that though? Is there a flip side to it, or do you just soak it up? Nah, nah, you soak it up, mate. It's yeah. You know, at the end of the day, they're only playing sport. We're not um, we're not we're not brain surgeons. We we don't have people's lives in our hands. It's um, 
you know, it's, it's only it's only sport at the end of the day, and you can't take it too serious. It is it is nice to see, you know, the the development of you know Ben's kids and my kids and Shane's kids, um, you know, develop their trade when they're playing footy, and you know you see little idiosyncrasies in in my young fellow that I used to do and all that sort of stuff. So that's the that's the cool part. Whether yeah. they make the NRL, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't worry me, but. Yeah, you just, you just at the end of the day, you just want them to be um, good humans and and respectful. Yeah, well said. Good one, good one, Dad. Good one. Hey, how, how's Sam travelling? Can I ask? Yeah, mate, he's good. He's um, he's he's exactly like Ben. He has no emotion. So, um, you know, when he was when <laughs> I can say that because Ben's my oldest. So uh, he's the oldest brother, and he does not have any emotion. Nothing bothers him. So, um, yeah, Sam's he's a. He's a very, very professional young kid at the age of 20 years of age to take what he's taken, the pressure that he's had you know, ever since he was 18, coming into into grade, you know, having you know, having you know, his dad play first grade and his uncles play first grade. There was a you know, immense amount of pressure when he first entered and he ate that up. So he doesn't, he does not, um, you know, pressure does not worry Sam and you know, the things that are going around him don't distract him. He's, he's a very focused young man. So, um, yeah, he he's 20 years of age, and you know, to to um, to be dropped out of that team, um, you know, I don't think he was the problem. I definitely know that he wasn't the problem, especially after watching their attack over the last you know, month and a bit that he's that he's been out. I think they've got, um, you know, they're looking at Sam as the problem. Well, you know, maybe they've uh, got to reevaluate, but. You know, that, I'm not. I'm not a coach. I'm not the person in the sanctum, but I'm just a person that you know, sits on the couch and is an armchair critic. But um, yeah, I, I, I can see that when he's when he does come back from his injury of his knee, uh, they'll probably rush him straight back in. And hopefully, as a uh, as a proud uncle, they get to play the football that that Sam's like playing. Sam likes playing, which is eyes up footy and um, letting his instinct play instead of you know other yeah other ways that they've. They've got him playing, so but he'll be right. He's only twenty, so um, I'm sure that it won't be the won't be the last time. Or you hope that he doesn't get dropped in the future, but it won't be the last time. So it won't be the last time he has a has a um, you know a down mm. period in his career. So they're the highs and lows that that professional athletes go through. Chris, two more. You've been very generous with your time. Two more before I let you go. You just mentioned about you're you're not a coach, um, but there's a, an old teammate of yours who. Uh, we're hearing there is something brewing at the Dragons today, and it could be Jason Riles being announced as the coach of the Dragons. You, you played with Rollsy at the Roosters, is that right? No, I played against Rollsy. Oh, against um, Rollsy. But I never... Sorry, yeah, my... But, d- but the thing is, I was smart. Okay. My, my... I was smart. I was, on, I was on the wing, and he was in the front row. And he's way bigger than me, so I stayed out in the wing. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I got my dates mixed up. Your crossover wasn't there, because I was going to ask you what type of coach you'd make, but... There we go. You've played against him rather than with him. So that's that's all right. I'll move on to my next question then. Final one. Man bags. <laughs> this is left field. Um, not a fan. I think they're left for the um, the females. Yeah. Uh, and that's not being sexist. I think that, um, yeah, man bags, uh, not a fan. Um, and if you need to carry your deodorant, hairspray, uh, phone, Purse in a man bag. I think it's time to um, to reevaluate what you actually take out of your house to uh, fit your pocket.
love that you went hairspray second up. <laughs> hairspray. Yeah, well, have you, have you seen some of the blokes walking around with, with bum bags? They need the hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, it is always, always a pleasure, mate. And I'm, I'm glad you're on the men too after the, uh, after the accident with the legs. I'm glad that you're back up and, and running uh, or at least uh, walking at full tilt because there was a time there you were looking like Tucker off uh, something about Mary. So, <laughs> <laughs> mate. Yes, it's. Uh... All right, yeah, no, that's 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 for another conversation, mate. So we'll uh, we'll leave that one alone. Right, oh, Chris, good talking to you, Chris. Chris, oh. Wal- Chris Walker, there. Where are we now, Wednesday? Geez, we covered a lot of territory there, didn't we? What about my Jason Riles numbers? I thought I'm swear they could have played. They would have played together, the Roosters. Anyway, no, we're moving on. Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five, oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Um, you just heard about the the, the Walker family. What a lineage, what a bloodline that is. Uh, not only dad, but uncles coming through. And then the, we've got a third generation with Sam. Sporting families, father, sons. You've got three of them at the Broncos lining up this weekend. Who, who's who's your favourite? Who's been the ones that stand out the most that you used to love or still love watching? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Creeping up to 944. This is the moment they've been waiting for here at Lang Park for 35-year-old Arthur Beetson to wear a maroon jersey. Beetson left here very early in his career, but now returns in probably the twilight of his career to lead this Queensland side in the match tonight. Ah, the dulcet tones of Billy J. Smith. How it all kicked off in 1980 with the legendary Maroons prop, Arthur Beetson, the godfather of state of origin. Speaking of which, we do have another modern-day Maroons prop standing by, ready to have a chat. It's going to be Big Al. Mal Meninga coming up on the other side of this. Questions for Mal. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. And the man that we love to hate, even after all these years. Benny Elias. Yep, we will be chatting to the former Blues hooker, former Blues captain as well, about plenty of stuff, origin, passion, uh, and also getting in the middle of Mark Geyer and Wally Lewis. It sets the scene for what is going to be a fiery 2023 Origin 1. The reason being the New South Wales Blues have picked Tavita Pengai Jr. And they've picked him for one reason and one reason only, to stand up to Queensland. What did they say? They were bullied last year. Yeah, right. So he's been fought in as an enforcer. Les Boyd was in the Blues camp yesterday, so we know their intent. But one man who's intent on not making that happen... He's part of the setup for 2023. He has played Origin once before, and now he's back in the fold. I am speaking of none other than the man who joins us on the line now from Camp Maroon, Tom Flegler. Tommy, good morning to you. Good morning. Oh, that was very serious, mate. Are you already in serious mode? Have you got your serious head on now a week out from the game? (laughs) Not yet. Not too serious at the moment. Just relaxing. Trying to stay as calm as possible. Yeah, good man, good man. What is what is day three of camp look like? Um, today's actually a day off, so uh, we only got into we came down to the Gold Coast last night, mm-hmm. and um, we're just chilling out today. And um, we've got one of our main training days tomorrow, so just taking it easy and chilling out. Mate, for, for you coming back into the camp, and we know uh, Big Papa is not there. I guess the, the spiritual leader for the best part of a decade of this Maroon side, and someone you would have grown up watching and and trying to emulate. Now you are in that position. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I grew up watching Papa, and um, you know he's been a dominant force in the Origin arena for many years now, um, and. 
obviously he's just retired and um you know it's left a bit of a spot there for myself to um um have a go on the origin space so um you know hopefully we can go out there next wednesday and um and get the job done uh, you just heard Mal, Men- Mal Meninga. You just heard Arthur Beetson running on in 1980, and it's where it all started. The the origin concept, and it was state versus state, and mate versus mate. And we see that next Wednesday night when you will be packing down against your mate from the Broncos, Payne Haas. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's actually been a bit of a talking point. Um, you know, I've I've actually never had to play with some at a club level and then play against them at a representative level. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But um, as you just touched on, mate versus mate and state versus state. So, um, yeah, um, that won't be coming into play uh, next weekend. There'll be no friends on the um, on the field. Yeah, good, good. I mean, Arthur Beetson put one on Mick Cronin's chin. <laughs> they were Parramatta teammates back in 1980. Yeah, I know. It's, um, times have changed, but I don't, I don't know if you'd be able to do that these days. You'd be um, you'd be sitting on the sideline for quite some time. So, yeah. All right. Well, well let's, we've just opened that door. Let, let's go down that path because, mate, we know you have done that in, in the past, not put one on someone's chin, but, but spend a bit of time on the sidelines. How does Tom Flegler version 2023 sort of approach it and see it and, and, and know where that line is? Yeah, like you, it's a fine line, especially with how the game's going these days. So, um, I mean, no one goes out in the footy field, you know, meaning to do something purposefully or, or hurt someone. So, um, obviously, in the Origin Arena, things do get fiery and sometimes things do get out of hand. But um, we go out there to play, play a legal game and do everything legally. But um, like I said, some things get out of hand and, and um, you know, you just can't control it sometimes. Right. What about a former teammate of yours, Tavita Pengai Jr.? Uh, how's his fuse? How's his temper? Well, he's, um, his temper sort of speaks for itself, really. Um, he's had a few issues with that over the years, but then once again, that also is what makes him such a great player. So, um, yeah, he's, um, he's very fiery, very athletic, strong, physical man, and... Um, I'm sure he'll be coming out there next Wednesday and um, trying to do a job on us. Yeah, all right. Well, just between friends, just between you and I, no one else. I mean, is that something you use to your advantage, knowing that his fuse isn't the longest and you might try and get under his skin? Is that the best way to uh, attack or or defuse, if you like, Tavita Bengai Jr.? Um, not really, to be honest. You don't really think about it. We just... Um fully focused on our game and what we need to do to beat them. So, um, you know, they can come out there and do whatever they want to do to us. If if, um, if we stick together and, um, you know, play for each other for the whole 80 minutes, um, it goes a long way in helping us to uh, get the win. Tom Flegler, my guest uh, from Inside Origin Camp, Maroons Camp. A day off, as you've just heard. Tommy, this is your second taste of State of Origin, 2021 Game 3. So you're, you're one from one. You, you had a win in Game 3 against the Blues in, uh, in that series. But we're looking at a very similar team, especially the back line when it comes to New South Wales. And they were so potent in 2021. How do you nullify that, the, the Latrells, the, the, the Teddies, the Turbos? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you just said, they've got some outstanding players in their team and, um, you know, so do we too. But um, we go out there and, and uh, stick to our game and, and worry about what we've got to do is uh, the first thing we've got to worry about. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. They've had good teams for many years now so um, and they haven't come out to win. So we'll see what happens next Wednesday. 
I would imagine that that game three, that first taste of state of origin for you, your head would have been spinning. You're coming into camp. You're living out a boyhood dream. Now you've been there and done that. This is your second taste of it. So, so I guess that that emotion, that head spinning may not be there as much as it was the first time you played. But what has Billy Slater, how is it different this time around? You had Greeny uh, in two years ago and now Billy Slater. Have you, have you sensed a, a difference in, in camp and a different style, a different approach, or is it, is it much the same? Um, yeah, I suppose it is a bit different in, in just the way that, um, you know, they have two totally different coaching styles, but, um, you know, everything around the camp, um, what, what the Maroons are built on and everything like that is still the same. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been good so far and, um, it's very much an eye opener for me still. Um, I'm only very new to this, to this arena and things like that. So, um, I was in here last year. I unfortunately didn't get to play, but mm. I was in here and got a taste of what it was like and, and what needs to happen for the, um, for the Maroons to, uh, win the series. So, um, I'm really excited and looking forward to uh, this year's series. All right, mate. Awesome. We won't make t- take up too much more of your time on your day off. We pre- really appreciate you jumping on the, the line and, and having your say. But I, I've just got to ask this one final question uh, to try and get to the bottom of it. Do you have a man bag? No, I do not. I've actually seen a bit of this. Yeah. What's going I've seen on? seen a few photos getting out on social media. Not for me. Not mm. my style. What, but some of the boys do. What are they, what are they carrying it? I don't know. She, she, ten cent coins. Their wallet, a bit of pork, bit of lip balm. <laughs> a bit of lip balm. <laughs> that's all. Well, that's that's all they got to carry in there. That's what I'm thinking. Isn't that what pockets are for? Yeah, but that's the style. It doesn't matter what you use it for. It's all about the fashion these days. Ah, so what? It may even be empty, and you've look, still got to good. wear it. <laughs> look good, feel good, play good. Is that right? Look good. Yeah, look good, feel good, play good. That's the motto. Outstanding, mate. Listen, thank you again for having a chat and just and and and, and shining the light on man bags for us today. I've got to say too, you have you have um, you have a cult following on on this on this show because a couple of weeks ago we had callers coming in saying, right, this is one man we need to pick in State of Origin. It's Tom Flegler. In fact, we had one caller who suggested that this has got to happen. Fire up, fan of pants. Fire up Fanta Pants. It's now been a catch call for uh, our show and uh, Queenslanders and yourself coming into State of Origin. So uh, can you ensure that you do fire up come Wednesday night? No dramas. Easily done. Outstanding, mate. You'll make, you will make us very, very happy and make us proud. Tom Flegler from Inside Origin Camp firing up for, for Fanta Pants on this Wednesday morning. Yes, Mal Meninga, the immortal, joins us as he does every Wednesday. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Mal, thank you for just being patient, and staying on the line there. Um, we we got the we got the <laughs> that's all right, Ben. <laughs> we got the tip off five minutes, going. Hey, Tom Flegler can have a chat if you're right to go now. It's like right, okay, let's do that. Um, do you hope Fanta Pants fires up on on Wednesday <laughs> night, Mal? And how important I'm still trying is that to get over the handbags. <laughs> the man bags. What's that? I, I don't know. <laughs> what do you put in it? I reckon there's I reckon there's a lot of money in if someone can develop a man like like a purse or something for a man so he can carry all his gear in but it's got to be it can't be 
Mate. You know, like a Mate. shoulder strap, a you know, bag or something. It's got to be something that's manly. Yeah. Does that make sense? Does yeah. that make sense? Well, I don't think what they've got right now is cutting the mustard in that stage. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, what would that be? Would that be a purse? A man purse? Oh, it's good. Yeah, something, but it's it's got to look, it's got to look like it's part of a man's nature, if that makes sense, you know. So I think there's a bit of money in that. <laughs> but it's just come up with the right product, isn't it? They've tried. Mm. It doesn't, hasn't quite worked yet. No, no, it doesn't. What, 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 what is something that's manly? A tool belt. Well, something, yeah, something, well, we had those, what they call them, the bum bags, and, you know, that's not manly, is it? You know, <laughs> so that gets, a, that gets a bad rap as well. So the tool belt, hmm, interesting. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what's what's that mean? Where do you put that? I I, I don't know. I, yeah, I've, 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 what is going hey, you on said right it. now? You said it. I, I'm suddenly a bit worried about you, Mal. How important is Tom Flegler to this time? I won't say night. I'm trying to steer us back on course here. I I would um as you mentioned in in, in all your your conversation with Tommy, it's it's going to be an aggressive game, you know, and that's what Origin's all about. It's around, you know, testing your character and, you know, doing everything you possibly can to disrupt the opposition as best you possibly can and um, and having, you know, players of that ilk, you know, come into the side. And as he mentioned, it's got to be controlled. You know, you've got to have composure with it all, but, you know, there's no backward steps, is there? You know, it's always forwards and, and you've got to get stuck in and, you know, that's that's Origin for you. Speaking of disruption, we, we've seen it already coming from south of the border. I, I touched on it yesterday, and, and you know what? The thing that I loved, there, there wasn't too many people biting. And it was about the uh, disloyalty claims coming from down south. And has yeah. Billy given uh, pick and stick the flick? But I, I think, yeah, I think I mean, we're, we're all backing what Billy's done here, even though it's probably not in the concept and the realms of what we're used to. Well, you've got to make some tough decisions. And, you know... Our depth, Queensland's depth is, you know, is the best it's been probably ever, you know. So we've got so many players that have, you know, putting their hand up, you know, to play origin footy. So you actually got to make some really good decisions based on, on form, I mm. think is really important. Obviously, loyalty is a, a critical factor in that as well. Um, but the, the combinations and the mix and who you're playing against, the players you're playing against and the opposition has to come into calculations and you know obviously the biggest talking points is you know is Carlin Ponga and and Dan Dan Gagai you, know? who, so, who you and I both picked in our sides last week as Billy yeah, we, did. we did but that, that was before I'm not I'm not you know I think at, you know um either way it would there are great selections either way uh just with Kalen obviously he did get a head knock again last week you know mm. so um You've got to factor that in when you when you start considering, you know, his his availability. You know, will he get a head knock in Origin more than like, more than likely, um, and will he play eighty minutes? You know, that's that's a factor. You know, so um, I mean, it's you know they're trying to look after his health at the same time. So I think it's an inspired choice mainly because. Um, you know, Reese Walsh plays 80 minutes of footy, really, realistically. And that's that's the way I look at it. And then, and Dane, he hasn't let the the Maroon jersey down at all. Um, but sometimes the weight of performance, like with Hamaso, um, and he has played centres before, and I thought he played really, really well, um, comes into calculations. He's in form. Um, 
Yeah, so it's, it would have been tough decisions by the selectors, you know, behind the doors of the curial officers and, you know, trying to make their decisions. Mm. But um, I think you know, brave decisions and, you know, um, those players are in form. Well, Mel, outside of those two, the, the team that you picked and what Billy picked was basically the same. I know we both had Josh Papalihi and uh, Felice Cafusi in there, but uh, retirement and suspensions yeah. ruled them out. So outside of that, uh, it is pretty much the, the same team that Billy Slater has picked, which is, again, you are the Yeah, they're aggressive players and they're effort players. So, I mean, um, they all play long minutes. Um, they're all... They're all effort, you know. They so they don't stop, you know. They they don't they won't let their their teammates mates down. So I think it's a very well balanced team, not only in obviously the effort and the uh, aggression level, but also in in age, you know. So there is some young fellows around the older fellows, you know. So all of a sudden, you know, with you know Cherry Evans and Munster, well Cherry Evans is thirty four, Benny Hunt's 30, 33 this year, um, and there's a lot of youth around him. You know, young Welsh is twenty. Um, Cobbo's 20, you know, so Murray Tuolangi is, you know, 23, mm. you know, so there's a good blend of experience in, in the in the younger younger troops. You know, Tommy Flegler, you, you just said, oh, he's 23 years of old, of age, yeah. but he's been playing first grade for a number of years now. So a uh, good blend. I, I like it. Yeah, and, and the Hammer and um, and Tom Gilbert, they went to school together at uh, Brisbane Grammar. They came up through the grade, so they know each other's games uh, as well. How much of the Hammer's uh, selection, and he was in that game, that same game as Tom Flegler played in Game 3, 2021, how much of that, when they won and they defused the Teddies, yeah. the Latrells, the, yes. uh, yeah, the Turbos, how much does that play oh. into Queensland? <laughs> oh, I reckon, I reckon... Uh, enormously, but also with Hamaso, his defensive qualities, I believe, are, are really good. I mean, he's he makes some really good decisions, and um, like his effort levels, because he's playing fullback for for the Dolphins, obviously, and he's making you know anywhere between seventeen and twenty one runs a game. That's what you have to do from in Origin level as a as a centre as well. So, you know, from a fitness point of view, he he'll be right up there. Speed wise, against Latrell, he's up there, um, but I think he makes really good defensive decisions that's what I've seen in that that one game you mentioned you know so I just feel that he's a inspired like I said before inspired uh, decision I don't think he let his state down uh, Mal Meninga, my guest, uh, as he is every Wednesday. Uh, Mal, because of our chat with Tommy Flegler, I do need to get to a break. So if you can stand by, because I do want to pick your brains about getting under the skin of New South Wales and <laughs> particularly Tavita Pengai Jr., whether Queensland can use that in their favour, what would you do? 13 13 55 0467 736 Some texts coming through too from listeners, Mal, so we'll get into that straight after this. That's a bit better from our resident New South Welshman, Sam. Pump up songs leading into State of Origin. Mal, there we go. The Rocky theme song. That That's that's kind oh, of yours. Yes, exactly. Yeah, well, it was. Yeah, we played it. We played it uh, on the bus, you know, on, on tours and things like that, you know. Eye of the Tiger. Oh, <laughs> Survivor, know, one of the best. We are the champions, you know. Oh, nice one. <laughs> Just things like that, you know. Yeah. It pumps it up and the more beers you have, the more beers you have, <laughs> the better your, your voice becomes. Very true, very true. Will we see any Rocky Balboa moments come Origin 1 in Adelaide? Mal, we, we've been talking Absolutely. to Vita Pengai Jr. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's... that's Absolutely. A, he's been brought in to do, to do a job, hasn't he, for New South Wales? 
Yeah, but we don't fall into that trap, though, Ben. You know, so yeah, they're out there in boxing lessons and things like that, and they want to be more aggressive because they think they're bullied. But we don't fall into that trap. We go in there. We yes, we need to be aggressive, but it's got to be controlled. We've, yeah, we've got to get stuck into them. Yeah, but it's got to be controlled. You know, so and how we do that? We do that collectively. We have just had this mindset about us that you know we're not going to take a backward step, but we don't go silly about it. Um, there's this revving us up. Come on. We've got to be smarter than that, Ben. Well, we saw what happened, and you were part of this, 1991. Mark Guy, when he was unleashed on Queensland. <laughs> and, I mean, it's we're talking hotheads in the game, right? That's that's exactly yeah. that's exactly what Tavita Pengai, even though we're hearing that he's he's calmed things down. But, you know, if you're bringing Les Boyd into camp <laughs> to, to be around the boys, you know what you're in for, surely. Mark, they, they, they don't come any madder than Les Boyd off on field. Yeah, well, honest, Mark Guy, Les who's way back? Who, who's who's in? They've been the grand final, wouldn't they? Mark Guy, Les Boyd, absolutely. Yeah, short fuses. Um, and Wally, you know, being Wally, you know, he tried to upset him. You know, it was it was just a, it was a a tactic by Wally. You know, that's how smart he was. Just a tactic by him to upset Mark Guy coming you know coming into the game. I think it was his first ever game, I think, mm. um, or it was close to anyway. So uh, it was just a, a tactic that, you know, Wally used at that particular time. Um, but we never went out to intentionally upset Mark Geyer. Um, what we were doing, we were trying to beat the, the person in the blue jersey opposite us. You know, that's that's the key to it all is you don't let your opposition get over top of you. They want to beat you, but you, you can't allow that to happen. And um, if you can upset them with your aggression, I think that's great. You've got to have that, that mindset about you that enables you to, you know, to stand over someone. It's a confrontational game. It's, that's why Origin is so great is because the game is allowed to flow. It's allowed to have a little bit over the top. Um, in the way they play the game, their attitude to it all. So it's you know it's a great time of the year. Would you employ that tactic again to try and get under his skin to, to do that? What Wally did to MG? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean Wally. Wally didn't would you do that to Tavita? It. It was just his intent. Mm-hmm. Um, you you be aggressive on him, you know. So you you try to frustrate him into it all. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a bit of verbal back chat, is there? You know. So, but you try to upset him, but you do everything uh, in a calm, composed, control way you know you make sure that if he's running at you that's your your job is to is to put him on the ground you know and you've got to be aggressive on him he's a great ball runner got great feet got great skills can pass the ball in traffic you know so yeah you've, you've got a you've got a man up on him and you've got to do your job on him is that where we get the job over is that how we nullify teddy and uh turbo yes latrell yeah, I mean, yeah, get on top in the forwards. It's, it's one through the middle. There's no doubt. Forwards, you know, they, that they've, they start standing tall and they start beating their chest, and you know, they, it's it's it all happens in the mid, in midfield, you know. So it all happens from the start, you know. Mm. So then that anticipation, the crowds, full crowd, the tick, they're waiting for that first contact. Um, generally, sometimes you you'll know who's going to win and who's not who's going to lose on that first contact, you know, in, in the game. So, and how many meters they make that first set. So, you know, you've got to win. You've got to win those moments. That's what I talk about. The difference between NRL and Origin is that every moment's important in Origin where, you know, you've just got to win some moments in an NRL game. 
Um, but every moment's really important. Every effort's really important in origin. And that starts right at the right off the kickoff. Mal, I'll be talking to one of your old sparring partners too in about 10 minutes' time, B- Benny Elias. who was in the middle of Mark Guy and, and Wally Lewis back in <laughs> 1991. Did you get under his yeah. skin? I mean, because he got under ours as fans. He did. He did a terrific job, Benny. Yeah, he's, he's, he's too smart. He was too smart. Honestly, he was a, he was a terrific player. And he's, you know, obviously... Yeah, a pioneer, you know, for the way you know hookers play today. I I believe, you know, so the way his skill set and how he brought, you know, players onto the ball and how he ran and all that sort of stuff. He kicked out a dummy half. Um, you know, we we knew his talents and we just tried to get hold of him as best as best we possibly can. You know, so if you get hold of him, you rough him up a bit. You know, uh, Steve Wallers, Steve Wallers, and him had you know terrific battles. Yeah, um, obviously sometimes. Sometimes Benny won, and and sometimes you know Steve Wallace, you know won it all. So um, yeah, but it, Benny was a highly intelligent player, and so you had to you had to respect that, and you had to play accordingly against that, you know. So um, if you go at Benny really hard, he'll just make you look like a fool. He'll just pass the ball to someone else or beat you with his running game, you know. So you had to be very careful how you played against Benny Elias. Well, Benny Elias coming up after, well, in about 10 minutes' time. I, I don't know if there was too many more that Queensland hated than Benny Elias. I know Paul Gallen was probably <laughs> in that grand final. Maybe now oh, it's... Mate, yeah. yeah, we hate. We, yeah, we, we, wanted to, we wanted to knock him round. But, you know, again, Good. like I, I go back to the, you know, the Pangai Junior, you've got to play smart. You, you can't just go off the top of your head and try to knock him around. It's, you know, it's that controlled way of playing, but you've still got to be aggressive if you get hold of him. Mm. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. Now, I'm going to leave you this one, and I, I I don't know if there's any history here, but a text has come through from Peach, who I reckon he's a manly fan, which is why he's asked this question. Morning, Ben. Morning, Mal. <laughs> Mal, did Rambo Ronnie Gibbs ever get you good on the field? Oh, probably, but I can't remember it. <laughs> and I played against, <laughs> Must I played, have been I that good. Rambo. Well, well, he probably did. You know, I, I, can't, I can't remember. Uh, that's a long time ago. I played against him, obviously, at uh, at club level, yeah. you know, when he played for the Manly Club, obviously he was yeah. a great edge back row, and I would have played against him at Origin level too, you know. So he was a great player, Roddy. He was a great character. Um, they didn't call him Rambo for nothing. Yeah, you know? very true. <laughs> he was wild. Sometimes he'd, he'd lose, he'd lose, uh, you know, his obviously calmness and composure as well. So. Um, <laughs> You can get under his skin too pretty well. Outstanding stuff. Mal, thank you. I'm going to let you get back to the ideas for the, uh, what was it, the, the tool belt, the Merce, the man, yeah, man the, bag, whatever that may yeah, be. Yeah, the Merc. There's something in that, I reckon. Eh? <laughs> I'll, I'll leave you to it. We will, we will chat. We will we'll chat. Get all, get all your listeners to, to ring in and say, give us, give us some ideas. Well, we can, we can make a fortune, Ben. Oh, we could. Yes. Uh, but we'll get we'll get the what is it like um, uh, crowdfunding, but we'll get the crowdfunding ideas. That's what we need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Become, if it's your idea, you become a shareholder. Oh, I love this, Mel. I love it. Um, I will love talking to you too next Wednesday, Origin Day. We cannot wait for that. Yes. Mel Meninga here on SENQ. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today. Grab some ink protein powering tomorrow. Powering tomorrow today. Exactly right. We're coming up to twenty five away from uh, 11. 11 a.m. Mayhem. You call. You get on standing by but if you've got any ideas for mal's merce man purse uh tool belt let them uh, let me know 13 13 736 uh time for a news hit with vanessa mortimer again 
linking up with Peter Wynn. And now they're only 32 metres out from the Queensland line as Elias runs from Dummy Half. He's in the clear, Elias! He's going to score! Right underneath the post, Benny Elias, you little beauty! Oh, as much as it pains me to play that, it is all part of the fabric of State of Origin. For every hero, we need a villain. And one man who fits that bill, after all these years, I still think, and he wears that mantle with pride, is Benny Elias. And I'm pleased to say that he joins me from the other side of the border, from enemy lines. Benny, a very good morning to you. Origin week. Cannot wait for next Wednesday night. Oh, look, you're totally... Spot on to say what a week it is. The weather's beautiful, the sun shines, and uh, state of origin football, the best of the best from both uh, New South Wales and Queensland, is certainly a, a joy and and just something special. It's a time. It's a great time of the year, and um, I just can't wait. And, Benny, we have you exactly where we want you. Your favourites, we're going in as underdogs, and you've picked a player to come in and disrupt and fire up and try and bully Queensland out of it into Vita Pengai Jr. Oh, man, look, that's probably just a – that'll be just a pinch of salt. I've got to tell you what's coming your way. is going to be something extraordinary. You know, he certainly is the enforcer and is, has played, I suppose, his way into that side – with his aggression and his uh, authority. And that's exactly what we require up there in, um, or in up the first game in Adelaide. That's for sure. I think it's the most important game of the series is game one. So, you know, we've got a bloke that's got, you know, muscled up in form and uh, ready just to let loose on you guys. Well, I remember back in 1991, you employed a very similar tactic, bringing in Mark Guy to do the same job. <laughs> You guys just you you guys live on any little bit of information that just anything that sort of turn turn against us and uh, you know. Oh, mate, Mark that was the soundtrack. That was the soundtrack to my childhood. I was in grade twelve at school, and every time before <laughs> I went out to play a game of footy, I would put on yeah. that game two at half time. MG, MG and Wally. That would be. I didn't have a pump up song. I had a pump up vision of watching that before I went out and played. Well, I had the fortunate pleasure of being the captain of that one, and I heard every every word under the sun that was not being able to be broadcasted uh, between the two of them, and it was certainly a, a a great a great verbal stouch. I mean, MG stood over Wally Lewis, and Wally Lewis actually grabbed uh, MG with uh, with all of his zest and and his aggression, and it was uh, certainly uh, an encounter that you really really was special at State of Origin. Does it need to happen? Again, Benny, is is that where we're at in 2023 to to upset, to disrupt this Queensland team? I'll tell you what's going to happen in 23. I'm sick and tired of your Queenslanders that just keep on just raving on about the last series and eight in a row that I see with Gordon Callis always boasting how how superior you guys are. It was the little brother versus the big brother to begin with and now you've taken the ascendancy of, of being the dominant state now in state of origin. But this year... 2023, we're not going to beat you. We're going to smack you. We're going to, we have to. And I can just see this is the side that's been picked to do a number on you guys. It's uh, it's time that the turn that, that the tables turn. The, the rugby league capital city of the world is in in New South Wales, and I think we'll 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 ascend our authority on that in uh, game one down in Adelaide. So I. Just can't wait, and we're not going to beat you. We're going to do a number on you. That's 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 coming from 
the horse's mouth that used to, you know, just sick and tired of watching it year in, year out since I've retired. It's time to happen. Uh, Benny Elias, my guest this morning, as much as things change, they stay the same, don't they? They are still delusional south of the border, and I love that as what makes this week so <laughs> so special. Hey, Benny, our, 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 um, our friends at Fox Sports have mm-hmm. have printed an article. Have Do they print anymore? They put them online, don't they? Yes, Eamon Tiernan has done this, and you were the first bloke I thought of when they came out with this. The numbers, the stats to prove that the Queensland jersey means more than the New South Wales jersey. And you mentioned this. Oh, my goodness. The amount of times that New South Wales have been favourites, yet we come through and bust it it up. But it's not just that as well. You have a look at the players and the calibre and the quality. 2017 was the last time Queensland had a Dell M medalist, and that was Cameron Smith. And in that time, mm-hmm. there's only been five Queensland players named in the Dell M team of the year. That's in the last five years. Since well, you got that many in. <laughs> yeah, ex- ex- exactly right. And when it comes to Wally Lewis medalists for players of the series, Queensland have dominated that. So he's done the numbers. He's busted the. The Blues have only produced two Wally Lewis medalists in the last eight years. See, the numbers show and prove mm. that Queensland jersey means more than a New South Wales jersey. Are you guys serious? You, 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 you go and claw all the information known to mankind to try and make you guys look the superior of the state when it comes to state of origin. Yeah. You do a remarkable job. I, I was just wondering, is the Australian dollar still strong up there in Queensland? <laughs> I mean, you guys have got, you, you live in your own world up there. Yeah. You know? And one it's or two cent pieces of fire. You, <laughs> you guys just, that's it, just must look at each other and say, how good are we? How good, how good are we going in Queensland? And it's just, you know, it's a foregone conclusion. We're going to beat the big boys in New South Wales. It's, I mean, it's time, it's really, it's time to just that's it, show you who is the superior state when it comes to state of origin. I know you go through all the statistics, but that's yesterday. You look in the revision mirror, we look at the big windscreen ahead of us, and that's what, what it is. It's a blue sky down here. Everything's blue. The Harbour Bridge is lit up in blue, and uh, we're going to do a number on you well and truly, and you're going to re- replay this message after game one because you're going to say... Geez, that kid got it right. He, he got it right. I hate to say it, but he got it right. But knowing you Queenslanders up there anyway, you won't replay anything because when you get beat, you wouldn't even know there was a state of origin game played the night before. <laughs> that was the one thing. But when you do win, it's on the front page, back page, middle page, on billboard posters, yeah. on the headline of the news. You are the most, you guys are the most. Uh, unbelievable state when it comes to winning state of origin football. It is your, you wait all year because it's the big brother versus the little brother mm. and you wait all year for state of origin. So look, can't wait for it to happen. And you guys are going to be embarrassed for the first time in a long, long time. I, I do want to revisit this throughout the series, Benny. This is good. This is entertaining and I love having a chat to you. One final one before I let you go, even though there's a million questions, mm-hmm. but what's going on with your Jersey this year? You mentioned the sky blue and the blue sky. It's navy. Yeah. What's going on? Oh, come it, on. You can't mess we're, with we're, You can't mess with that. Now, you, so even you guys want to start knocking the jersey. Yeah. So that, this is your, your typical Queensland. Anything that you want to just throw negative throw, thoughts about. No, just show, ask oh, him the question. <laughs> why, why, tinker with your, why tinker with your jersey? 
Is it a money? Mate, it, what colour it is? It's blue. It's blue, blue, blue. We don't care whether it's light blue, dark blue, green blue. It does not matter. Blue, blue, blue. And that is what it's going to be. It's going to be a big blue Wednesday week when we take you guys in in Adelaide. The fir- this is the first time I've been so excited about the confrontation between the two states because both of us are really rearing up. And, and I think it's just going to be a great physical encounter. And I think the people in Adelaide are going to be bamboozled by how strong the New South Wales side is with whatever colour blue we have on that night. Good on you, Benny. Always great to chat. Benny Elias, uh, number one public enemy here in Queensland. We're going to bring him in throughout the series. That was outstanding. Seven away from 11. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Oh, Guyer and Lewis. They're mouthing off at each other. Over the top of David Manson's head. Benny Elias standing there like, like David. Big Mark Guyer towering over him. Manson's not impressed. Lewis again says something to Guyer. They push and shout. Oh, doesn't that bring back the memories? How good. Uh, Benny Elias, what a great chat there he was. And you know what? He's right. We do go a bit quiet the day after a state of origin loss. You know why? Because the entire mood of a state depends on it. So if we lose, we don't feel like talking. That's why it means more to us. 13 13 04. Actually, no, I'm not going to give you the text line. 13 13 11 a.m. mayhem. You call, you get on. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. I got the money in my pocket. Yeah, no, that's all right. That passes muster as a pump-up song. Yeah, Evie part one, or is it two, three, four? Cannot remember. We have let Sam, our resident New South Welshman, in charge of the pump-up songs because don't New South Wales need it heading into this Origin series. If you've got a favourite pump-up song, let us know. Look, this hour I'm going to take you to the UK because we're hearing a lot of numbers, seeing a lot of great performances from Aussies ahead of the World Test Championship and the Ashes but what does it really mean? How big and how strong is the competition? And we've got a big announcement as far as SENQ and the SEN network is concerned. We'll take you to the UK uh, before midday today. But you know what? Now it is time to do this. On Mornings with Ben Davis, it's your chance to get it off your chest. No sporting topic is off limits. It's the 11am mayhem. Yeah, that's right. 13 to 13 to 55. You call, you get on. That is the promise. And we have tickets to give away to our Origin Under the Stars party. Next Wednesday night, game one of the 2023 series, we'll be calling our biased Marone call from the rooftop here at SENQ. That's right, in the valley. That's where we're broadcasting from. And you can be seeing and being part of that. So we've got Forbes. We've got Matt Rogers, Andrew McCulloch bringing you the game. We've got the beers. We've got the pies. We've got the big screen. And we could have you too. All you need to do is be a caller in the 11 a.m. mayhem. And let's go. 
<laughs> Line one, look who's back. Jason. <laughs> very, morning, Dave. Very, very good morning to you. It's been a while. Oh, I'm fired up this week, Benny. I'm f- Who couldn't be excited about this next week? This time of year is the best time of year ever. Mm, mm. Hey, now we had your friend Fanta Pants on last hour too. <laughs> I heard it. The big fella. <laughs> <laughs> Love him. You know what he wouldn't be doing though? What? Right now he wouldn't be walking around with a man bag over his neck. <laughs> no. Stop it. it. Please. You're kidding me. I mean, honestly, I can understand, say, Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, man bad. Sure. Why? You get paid $35 million pounds a year. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> a Queensland state of origin forward that wants to put out that he's the toughest on the ground doesn't wear a man bag. No. No, it's very true. He doesn't. He doesn't. He just has to fire up, fan of pants. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, Jason, what would you put in a man bag? What would you carry around? I don't know, because I wear shorts with pockets in them. <laughs> I put my keys in them. I put my phone in them. I sometimes put a note from mum in them. But I sure as hell don't need a man bag around the neck to carry those things. Very... I mean, please. I'm oh, upset, Ben. No, I, I can tell. I can tell. And, and I leave this pause here to see where else you're going to go. But man bags, that's on your mind today, and they're lack of them. Well, you know what else is on my mind? Mm. It's still state of origin related, but Dean Bulldog Ritchie, he wrote something on Monday saying that Queensland don't follow their own practice of pick and stick because we've left a couple of blokes out. I'm not sure he can count because he's from south of the border, but you can only pick 17 for a side. So how do we fit them all in, Dean? I don't like to be lectured from someone south of the border who has no idea what pick and stick means uh, or stick and pick. So, no, what did I say? Oh, no, I said right first time, pick and stick. Um, (laughs) (laughs) See, Jason, you've got me fired up as well. Um, Thank you. We've got a bulk of callers on the line. Jason's kicked it off. He's gone down the route of man bags. Mal reckons there is some sort of line in there. There's got to be a business opportunity uh, for making a more manly man bag. Do we need them? He's going down the line of a moose. Uh, Razor, morning to you. Morning, Ben. How you going? Very well. You've got a hard act to follow, but what's on your mind this uh, Wednesday morning? Oh, what? Well, I'm sitting here in Glen Innes, mate. I'm looking at the empty garbage truck going up the street, and it's just made me think that New South Wales, they don't put their garbage out. They turn them into an origin team. But um, <laughs> Nice. Anyway, nice. <laughs> ben. I've, I've been listening by the app, so I've been a bit delayed all day. But no, um, Ross Oakley, mate, mm-hmm. very much, very much a sports person that was very much hated in the 90s down in Victoria when he merged Fitzroy with Brisbane. A lot of people went to their graves, never ever barricading for another team or accepting the premierships of 01, 02, 03. I've never heard a bloke booed so much in, in my life other than the Prime Minister on Grand Final Day um, <laughs> when it comes to AFL. So if Buddy felt bad, if Buddy felt bad, then he wouldn't have wanted to have been in Ross Oakley's shoes in 97. Oh, that's fair. 96. Death threats you got. But one, what, what I did ring you for, Ben, was just brought a, a, a new racehorse just the other week and we've just um, done the names for it. Have you got a pen there, Ben, and a piece of paper? Yeah, right in front of me. 
write this down, Ben. Mm. This is the name of the horse. We we threw three three names in. The first one was was EIEO that didn't come out. We did say looks like a donkey to me. It didn't come out, but we can't. This one was the one that was drawn out. B E N S. B O N E. Hang on, hang on, well, slow down. B E N F. F for Sam. Oh, S, yep. O N E. Yep. S C N. Oh, Fan Income. Right. Ben's on S E N. Ben's on S E N. I like this. I love this. Omen horses too. Mate, mate, this is quite an honour to have a a horse named uh, as part of the show. Mate, this is fantastic. What when's it running? Well, we, we couldn't. Oh, it's, it's going to be down at Inverell, Ben, but um, train down at Inverell. But I'll put, I'll say this to you. We couldn't really put Ben's on SEN and hope that the opposition station on AM would call it out. <laughs> that your trackside team might have a bit of fun with it. I love it. I love it. Mate, this is fantastic. Well, you'll definitely get a start on SEN track with that. Don't worry, Tags and the crew, they'll be into it. Uh, Razor, thank you, mate. Um, there we go. I reckon we might have a clubhouse leader for our Origin Under the Stars. I wonder if he's going to be back in town for uh, next Wednesday night. Hey, Steve's out of Bribey Island. Steve, let's bring some sanity to the show, I think, perhaps, maybe. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Benny. How are you this morning? Uh, all the better for talking to you. How are you listening to us this morning, mate? We just had Razor on the app into state. Hey. Yeah, yeah, I'm on the app. I'm on the app. Well, you know, it's easier to, to it's a lot clearer on the app than Isn't on the it? bloody six ninety three AM, so uh, yeah, I get to hear your clarity, Benny. <laughs> the technology, the wonders of it. What's on your mind? Yeah. Well, just an observation of the Origin team. I've been thinking about it for you know, a couple of days now since it uh, was released. So I like the fact that uh, that Billy is bringing in some, you know, like he, some new blood or, you know, like he's keeping outside the square with Rink coming in, with Walter coming in. Um, not, uh, you know, a bit concerned about uh, Murray Tualagi. You know, he's, uh, he's, he worries me. I don't know why they didn't put coats in there like... Coates, you know, when he played last week or against the Broncos, you know, I thought he had a great game. Mm. Um, you know, concern, you know, like um, with uh, probably uh, Kate. Well, I mean, you know, he's got to come up against his ex-Penrith mates and the last time he's, they've played Penrith, he was all over him. So just worried that he's not there to cover. And, you know, and he, and he, and he can he can slip out in the centres. He can play wide. He's, uh, I just think that... Uh, that was not a great call from uh, from that perspective. So, yeah, just a couple of observations. Though, no, no, what I... no, and very good observations too, Steve. One thing that I, I didn't realise until I spoke to Kurt Catewell a couple of weeks ago, and in Origin 3 last year, yes, he was pushed out into the centres very early on when, when Cobbo went down uh, and Dane Gagai played on the wing. But when Dane Gagai and Matt Burton were sin-binned for throwing punches, uh, some may say handbags, but when they were going toe-to-toe and they both got binned, Kurt Catewell got pushed out onto the wing. So here's an edge-back uh, rower playing on the wing and did yeah. an admirable job. He, yes, he admitted he just kept saying, Nathan, don't kick it to me, don't kick it to me. But um, uh, they, they didn't, and he did an admirable job. So he's one man who, um, yeah. who's who been hard done by. But you know what? He said, yeah. I am going to be back. Uh, it's not the end of the road for me. He's yeah. going to keep pushing. So And the Broncos get the benefit of him uh, uh, this weekend against the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, 
don't, they bloody will need him. Hey, the other one was Fafido. I watched the Gold Coast game, mm. and he was gassed by about 60 minutes. I you know, saw him that last 20 minutes when they lost their game. Just saw him. You know, he, he actually was close to dummy half, and he put someone in front of him, so he wouldn't have to take the ball so he could step sideways. So I'm, we're, I mean, I love Fafido when he was such a such a train wreck when he you know, was with the Broncos. I think he's gone backwards since he's gone down the coast. And he's had some good games, but I just don't think he's fit enough. I think um, they're going to find him out too. I hope not, but you know, I think Capel would have been a far better choice. But anyway, that's uh, that's my 54 cents. That 54 cents well spent, mate. Steve, thank you very much. Uh, club, <laughs> club, you've just taken over Razor as clubhouse leader too, I think, for the... Uh, well, uh, Razor... He wouldn't be able to get to Brisbane for the uh, for the under the stars anyway. I'm I'm not far away at all, so I'm a <laughs> out I'm, there. Right I'm an odds on favourite. I'm an odds on favourite. Tell Razor. Oh, on you, yeah, Steve. Well, odds on favourite. See, now we've got callers fighting each other. How good is this? Uh, thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five. Steve, thank you. Uh, Fourteen minutes past eleven. Uh, Dan is uh, on line seven. Dan, morning. To you. G'day, mate. How are you? Very well. What's on your mind this Wednesday? Mate, um, I've just been obviously listening to you talk a little bit about the Ashes coming up and everything, and I'm a test cricket nut. I absolutely love it. I'm not so much a fan of the pyjama cricket as such, but um, I'm enjoying reading about Nessa and obviously Labbers and um, Smithy playing in the county cricket, etc. Yep. A um, little bit concerned about, I mean, I would have thought a bloke like David Warner that needs runs like we need oxygen, I would have thought that he could actually be playing county cricket instead of chasing them dollars in the IPL. Um, yeah, I just, honestly, I, I, I'd rather have Marcus Harris in there or Renshaw in there, both blokes that are actually in England at the moment working on their game for the Ashes instead of a money-hungry 40-year-old Davy Warner that can't score a run in England to save his life. So, um yeah, that's that's pretty much my line of thinking, mate. Dan, and it's uh, it's a very very solid line of thinking as well. Look, it's a point where David Warner has had that contract with the IPL, and you can't, to me, and like Dan, I reckon you and I would be the same. In fact, I would I would challenge anyone if they're throwing that much money at you to knock it back. So again, it's I guess cash over country. But whether David Warner brings any form into the Ashes, whether he needed to get the Duke ball and have a session with that, or at least more of a session, a few games with that, uh, time will tell. In fact, in the next two weeks, we're going to find out because he has been picked for the Test Championship. But Marcus Harris, as you said, is putting uh, big pressure on him. He scored 122 for uh, Gloucester over the uh, the weekend, the last weekend of the county championships as well. Dan, great call. Thank you. Uh, stick around, Dan, because you will be hearing our man on the ground, Adam Collins in the UK. He's going to be heading up SEN's coverage for the test. That's right. We have announced our test team to call the Ashes and the ICC Championship, and Colo is the captain of that. Talk to him in about 20 minutes' time because I, I do want to understand and get a feel for that opposition that Marnus and Michael Nisa um, uh, and uh, Marcus Harris are, are playing against in county cricket. We know it's a strong competition, and I get that. It's first-class cricket, but it's such a big competition, much bigger than we have here in the Shield competition as far as Australia. What, what is the quality 
How many internationals are playing? Are the test players having a bowl? Having a bat? Are they being rested? Are some of them playing in the IPL? I just want to get a gauge and a handle on that so we know what we're heading into over the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Um, uh, AJ, where's he going? Says Benny, AJ here. Loving the diversion tactics on display with the Tavita Pengai Jr. talk. Not working, though, as Queensland have attempted to do the same thing with Flegler. But he's more of a liability than Tavita is. Uh-huh. Best of luck, mate. Blues by 13. AJ, yes, welcome to God's country. I'm glad you've seen the light and woken up and realised this is the best state to be in. Um, Flegler. Hmm. He was always in the conversation. And the fact that Papa retired... Gives Flegler that leg straight into it, I would have thought. Um, anyway, is Flegler more of a liability than Tavita? AJ seems to think so. Can't back him on that. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. What about Maccas? They are supporting grassroots sport as they've done for so many decades and they are the name behind the little legends. They are supporting little legends, not only in the grassroots, but here at SEN as well. I'll tell you more about that before midday today. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, 24 minutes past 11. Thanks for your company this Wednesday morning. We are still on Dragon's Watch. Uh, I mentioned at the top of the show, Jamie Soward, who's obviously the coach of the NRLW team down there in Dragon's Heartland, has said, Dragon's fans... A very big day coming up. Stay tuned. I thought he may be talking about the coach and being an announcement there as far as the NRL team is concerned, but we haven't seen anything yet from Dragon HQ, although we know what a mess they are. Uh, Look, let's continue our uh, thoughts into Clubland because the origin disruption uh, this week and with a lot of teams on a bye means this is a really pivotal period uh, for all clubs. And considering the competition is so close, what have we got? The top five teams locked together on 16 points. And one of them, uh, the Brisbane Broncos. And I'm glad to say that joining us all the way from Red Hill, just down the road, is, well, he's part of the father-son tradition that I've been talking about this morning. Uh, sure, his dad didn't play for the Broncos, but his dad was an NRL player, a Queenslander uh, in the Maroons, even Australia as well. So fantastic to have Kobe Hetherington on the line. Kobe, very good morning to you. Hey, fellas, how are we? Mate, very well. What about this? Father-sons, we're talking about families. We saw Chris Walker down at training this morning watching you. He's part of a very famous sporting family. You've got yourself and obviously Dad Jason. We've got Tristan Saylor, a son of Wendell, and Billy and Kevin Walters. So it's a it's a family affair in a way at the Broncos. There's next generation and the second gen coming through. Yeah, it's um, a bit like that, eh? It's a, yeah, it's good. Uh, Bronx is a real family club, so um, no, it's a really good feeling. What about you primed into this week? I know it's uh, heading across the ditch to New Zealand, not to Auckland, though, to a place called Napier, where you'll be taking on the Warriors. Do you know much about Napier, Kobe, and where you're heading to? Nah, it's my first time um, going to New Zealand, so not really sure about, you know, any of any New Zealand, but nah, it's good. First time over there, so looking forward to it. Uh, do you have to prepare differently besides packing your passport? Do you have to prepare differently for going overseas? Have you seen any difference this week into to how it all pans out ahead of a game? No, nah, not really. We just head over, um, head over there a bit earlier, so 
Uh, we'll have our captain's run and stuff in New Zealand, which is good. So it gives us a bit of time to settle down and uh, get used to the weather. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it's pretty cold over there, so I packed a few extra jumpers. Yeah, I'd be doing that too. The tracky dacks too, you might be needing to wear at training. All right, let's talk about this team that's been named. Obviously, Origins robbed you of a, of some of your, well, especially in the forward pack too. You've got big Tommy Flegler missing, Payne Haas. So the, the engine room up front is uh, is missing Paddy Carrigan. But that's where you come in, mate, playing and named at uh, number 13. Yeah, mate. No, really looking forward to it. We were in this situation last year as well with uh, Paddy and Payne and that out. So, um, yeah, we just got a, all the boys that, you know, got called in. We've all got to step up and, um, and yeah, hopefully get the win. And, you know, just we've we got big uh, shoes to fill. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Well, what's the message been then from, from Kev, mate, the, the coach? If you've been called in to fill someone else's shoes, that's you can't play like them, can you? You have to, you have to be yourself. Mm. Yeah, no, it's just sort of that next man, um, next man up mentality. So, uh, you know, you've got ex Brendan Piercura and all them buzzing, buzzing to go. So they bring a lot of energy and stuff like that, which is good. All right. Well, uh, t- t- tell me about those who've been waiting in the wings and uh, and trying to uh, bust into this side. I mean, you mentioned just uh, Brendan. Then you've got uh, you've got young uh, ex so Xavier Wilson. We've we've seen him before in a Broncos jersey. There's big raps on this yeah. young bloke, isn't there? Yeah, big raps. He's uh, he's a big big body and he's fit too, so he'll go all day for you. Uh, he's been killing it in the Q Cup, and uh, yeah, I think he's going to bring a lot to the table um, on Saturday night when he versus the Warriors. So what, yeah, look out for him. What's his strength, mate? Ah, uh, oh, yeah, his strength is his strength. Probably <laughs> he's um, <laughs> he's real strong and um, he, he carries the ball uh, ball hard too. So. Yeah, really looking forward to seeing him play and uh, playing beside him. But that that energy, that um, that that youthful exuberance, come uh, coming through, and and you get the blend and the mix of of having Renault back. How, how good is it to have the skipper there in control and 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 that calming influence uh, on, on the side? Yeah, no, nah, it's unreal. Um, you know, Renault's been around the game for a long, long time, so he's he's really good around all us young fellas, and he sort of points us in the right direction and, um, you know, helps us out on the field, which is which is what we need. And, um, no, nah, I, I think Jock did a real good job, job filling in for him too. So, But, yeah, Renault just brings that, um, you know, that um, experience and getting us young players around the pitch real good. And it's something you probably need to, to do. What have we had, three losses in the, the last four weeks? I mean, you were flying to start the season, but the, the last month has been a bit rocky, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know, we've, we've versed some um, some quality teams. So, um, you know, yeah, just going through a bit of a slump at the moment. But, um, yeah, looking to get out of it and hopefully do that against the Warriors. What what threat do they bring, mate? Oh, well, they're, they're big side Warriors. And, they're, you know, they've improved out of nowhere from, well, you know, from last year and the previous years. They're playing some good footy. So we've got to be on our game and uh, they've got some big bodies. So, yeah, we've got to just get into them, I guess. Start fast. I reckon that just suits you down to a tee. I've I've seen you. I love the aggression you bring, the the tackling style, and just getting in and, and mixing it the rough and tumble. That that's that's you. That's got you written all over it. Yeah, mate. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I don't mind a bit of the um, physical stuff, but um, yeah, just gotta sort of. I'm starting now too, so gotta sort of um, yeah, put my front put my front foot forward. Uh, how I mean, we know Paddy Carrigan has has played eighty minutes. He's an eighty-minute player. Is is that something that you've got in the the tank mate under your belt, or is is Kevy got a plan going forward with you and and the rotation? 
No, we'll see, mate. I'll I'll just go for as long as I can, and um, if I'm you know if I can't go no more, then it'll just get some fresh legs on the field. But yeah, I'll just go for as long as I can, whether it's 80 or or whatever the first stint will be. But um, yeah, just whatever Kevy's sort of just played how it is, I guess. Tell me about Tristan Saylor. Kobe, what does he bring? And Dean Mariner as well. I mean, they're, they're the changes to the to the to the back three. Um, they, I, I've seen Dean in action. He brings a bit of pace. But what do those two bring uh, as far as uh, attack and potency? Yeah, well, um, Tristan's a you know he, he really just plays what's in front of him, and uh, we've seen that in the trials against the Titans. He um you know, he did some freaky stuff. So he yeah he he really plays was a bit like Walshy. So you know, and he's really, really good at um, like really fit. So he's always there, plugging in and all that sort of stuff, and using his voice and stuff. And what about Dean? Oh yeah, so yeah, Dean. He's um, so I'm just at the airport here at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, Dino's. <laughs> what are they calling? Are they calling you through customs? Are they? Nah, nah, not yet, not yet. All the boys up me, so <laughs> trying to concentrate. <laughs> nah, yeah. Dino's um yeah he's I, I played Q Cup with him at the start of the year mm-hmm. um and oh he's a freak he scores I think he's been scoring like four tries a game so um yeah he's he's, he's real fast and you know he he can finish a try off too which is uh, which is good outstanding now mate who's the biggest pest there who's who's annoying you the most biggest pest Herbie yeah. Farmworth I reckon oh is there. he is he right next uh, to you um, it'll, and Adam Reynolds too. Oh. Nah, I just walked away. I had to get away from him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, there's the question. Who would you be least likely to sit next to or want to sit next to on a three-hour flight to NZ? Oh, I wouldn't mind sitting next to Reno because he's small. He doesn't take up much space. But I reckon probably Pano. He's too, he takes up two seats. Massive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's probably the only that's probably the only good thing around missing him this week is he he's, yeah, he's that size on the Get plane. A bit more room. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's d- it. On that big job for the forwards, isn't it? I mean, you you need to you need to make up that lost ground with your with with Payne and and, and Tommy Flegler missing. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, pa- um, yeah. Fleggy, Pano, and Patty as well. Yeah, so got a big job to do, but um, I think all us boys are ready to do it, and we'll put our front foot forward and yeah, lead, lead, lead the way. Well, mate, we we wish you luck. We know the the Warriors play well in New Zealand, especially especially outside of Auckland. Would you, would you believe they've won eleven? Yeah. They've out of um, let me have a look at the numbers here. They've won three of their last four games played outside of Auckland. So they love playing at home, but they also love playing out of the capital as well. I hope you uh, return from Napier uh, a winner and get the uh, get things back on the track, mate. It's uh, it's going to be a big task for you. Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. But, uh, yeah, no, we'll be right. We'll get in on Thanks, yeah. mate. Rip in. There we go. Kobe Hetherington at the airport, uh, passport ready, about to head to New Zealand for the first time. Uh, the, the Broncos, they, they do have a job on their hands, haven't they? I mean, I reckon... Um, looking at the numbers here, half the squad will play their first NRL game in New Zealand. Kobe's part of that as well. Uh, and when you look at the record, you, you, actually, you go back to when the Broncos wore the teal jersey. Wasn't that a shocker? Uh, you go back that far, they have struggled a fair bit when they crossed the ditch. Brisbane, it hasn't been a happy hunting ground. And just looking at the numbers here, uh, the Warriors have won eight of their past 11 against Brisbane played in New Zealand. 
So let's see if this version of the Baby Broncos can turn the tide. Uh, 13 13 I promised I'd tell you about uh, Maccas and how they support the grassroots of sport. And it's through their Little Legends program. Now, Patton Heels are, are, are big on this and they are behind it in a big way. Uh, they will be choosing their junior sporting team from around southeast Queensland to be the little legends of the week. Uh, they'll be doing this each week, and not only that, you get free lunch from Maccas, which is pretty cool. Um, how do they choose that? Well, you have to enter them. This is where you come in. Head to our website, sen.com.au forward slash win. So sen.com.au forward slash win and enter your junior sporting team or maybe junior sporting athlete if it's an individual sport that they're involved in. Uh, Mackets, proud sponsors of Little Legends like us here at SENQ, supporting grassroots sport in Queensland. Uh, yeah, that obviously means we are talking cricket because in two weeks today, the ICC World Test Championship Australia and India at the Oval kicks off and then ripping straight into that, Ashes. And we know our Aussies are going well in that part of the world. But how well? Marnus, he rattled up 138 against Steve Smith Sussex. Michael Nisa joined him as a centurion for Glamorgan, 123. But this is coming from the comp's, well, uh, the comp's best bowler, Michael Nisa, and Shield's best bowler as well. The last four games, Ness, 130, 123, 86, 90, and 9. How good. Marcus Harris, he's also in fine form. How good, though, are these attacks? How good, though, are the oppositions? Are we talking test players? Or are they just guys just out of grade cricket coming into county? Uh, SEN's own Adam Collins is in the UK. In fact, he's the captain of our SEN call team. That's right. He's got Flem, the biologist beside him. You've got Ravi Shastri, Harsha Bogle, calling all the action from the ICC Test Championship. In fact, Colo, he's called cricket all across the world, across six countries, six nations. He's Mr. Worldwide. And he picks up the mic in two weeks' time. Colo, very good morning or good evening to where you are. It's great to be with you guys. Yes, exciting to be uh, able to have our, our broadcast team uh, released today. Uh, and yes, we're, we're not far away now from six test matches in seven weeks, which is a little bit daunting, but it's going to be brilliant. Yeah, daunting for the players and daunting for the commentary team as well. Look, let, let's. St- I was going to say let's start with the ICC World Championship, but, no, but let's start with the Australian team. Jeez, th- there's some good players who aren't in this team in a hot form knocking on the door. There is, and I think that they'll provide themselves or allow themselves the flexibility to make adjustments as they go, especially when it comes to the fast bowling group. Remember, in 2019, they, they had what they called the the group mentality to the fast bowlers, and they used five of them across the five test matches. They, they spread them out fairly equitably, um, with the exception of Pat Cummins, who played all five. Um, this time around, they've got four on paper, but Michael Nisa in red-hot form in county cricket for yeah. Morgan. Um, and, and not just this year, I should say. He's been excellent for three years playing over in Wales and also in 2019 when he was on that Ashes tour. So I think that bringing Nisa in is the logical next step, especially if, according to reports uh, in this morning's press, there might be a little bit of a side niggle with Josh Hazelwood that he might have to manage between now and and the first test against India before the Ashes. And um, knowing Hazelwood's injury history of late, uh, they do well to have that support in Nisa, given the form he's in. Adam, we see the numbers that that, that Ness is putting on the board, uh, Marnus, even even Marcus Harris. But can you give us a gauge, an idea of the the quality of opposition they're playing, and 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 how how these numbers stack up to to reality and and, and the form that they're in? Oh, look, it's first class cricket. It's professional cricket played in challenging 
conditions as it always is around this time of year in April and May in the UK. The surfaces are sporting. Uh, they're playing with the Duke's ball, which always gives more to bowlers. Mm. And look, with Nisa, I suppose it's a little bit, not so much in the numbers, although that tells one story. It's, it's the lived experience of watching him bowl. You would have all seen the seven for he took a couple of weeks ago, including a hat trick. I mean, yeah. the ball hooping back um, as it does with him, nice and late, late, genuine late swing, in addition to his accuracy. So, yeah, sure, it's a, it's a bigger first-class competition than what we're conditioned to in Australia. But but let's not forget that there's far more overseas players. He picked up Chiteshwa Pajara for a duck in the first innings of last week's game. Pajara's made eight centuries for Sussex in the last two years, and he's been in incredible form as well, averaging in excess of 100 this year. So, you know, in context, those individual matchups have been have been significant, and I think Nisa has um, laid a marker there. Labashain started, not slowly, but took a while to find his mark uh, a couple of weeks ago, but, but he's made back-to-back centuries, and we saw how important the county championship was for Marnus Labashain four years ago when he first went to Gordon Morgan yeah. in preparing himself for England conditions. That, that, was the, that was him laying a foundation to play in these conditions, and I always remember what Chris Rogers said when he retired from 10 cricket in 2015 saying that there is no better place than to prepare to being an international cricketer than being on the county circuit like he was for so many years and uh, Labashain took that advice and as for Stephen Smith look he's been given out leg before three times in a row you can make a case that none of them are out uh, but you know you've got to go with the umpire's decision and there's no DRS uh, in the county championship but making 89 in, in the most recent of those of those games his last game for Sussex will give him something to work with and remember, Australia don't play a tour game. So that's it for them in terms of competitive cricket. The next time that Steve Smith comes out to, to bat in, a, in an innings, it'll be at the Oval in a couple of weeks against India in the World Test Championship final. Adam Collins, my guest this morning, all the way from the UK is where he is going to be based for SEN. That's right. It is the World Test Championship, as Adam just mentioned, followed by the Ashes. Oh, man, six tests in seven weeks. It is a, <laughs> it is an absolute marathon. Uh, just on India and playing playing in those conditions with England, we've just seen um, Cameron Green, who's hit a century mm. in the IPL. Uh, um, and that's where a few of the Aussies are, are warming up and, and actually getting ready for this, this series. Is, I mean, the conditions couldn't be any, any further apart, could they? England and India. Yeah, and not only England, but at the Oval. I, I did a game there last weekend. I was doing Surrey's game on commentary, and it was lively, to say the least. <laughs> it was all over in seven sessions. So um, I, I would imagine that the two games I've seen there in the last two weeks at the Oval, uh, it's been ball-dominating bat for the most part. I'm not saying that they're green tops. It's just this time of year, right? So um, I would say that uh, Australia are well-served by having... Cameron Green as the swing man, as the all-rounder who can give them very handy overs. It'll it'll be a it'll be a it'll be a contest of philosophies as well. Remembering that India, uh, at the last time they played in the World Test Championship final, so two years ago, the last the only time it was uh, held yeah. that, that was in 2021. They went in with three quicks and two spinners. Like they wanted Judasia and Ashwin both in the side, and New Zealand went all out pace, and it worked for New Zealand. The difference here, I reckon, is that Ashwin and Jadeja both enjoy such a magnificent record against the Aussies. They still might be tempted to play two spinners. And on the other side of it, Australia, including Green, are going to play four quicks. So, um, yes, that'll be one worth watching. The one little difference for India is that they'll have their wicketkeeper batting inside the top six. That's likely to be Ishan Kishan on Test Taboo, who is a... 
I guess, a player in the in the Richard Punt, Richard Punt mould. In that mm. um, he'll go hard at it from the get go. He's um, he's made his name as a T20 player, and, and yeah, in all probability, he'll make his test debut uh, in the in the championship final. Well, if he's got the chat like Richard Punt, I mean, it's going to be good behind the stumps, entertaining <laughs> anyway. Uh, speaking of entertaining, Adam, who you're looking forward to the most? working within the commentary box. I know this is probably like, which one's your favourite mate or which one's your favourite child? Because <laughs> you've got some well, big we're, names. We're very lucky. Yeah, we're, we're very lucky for the World Test Championship final to have Ravi Shastri and Harsha Bogle back with us again. Two oh, yeah. men who've... Well, I mean, are, are there two bigger names in Indian I, commentary? I, I doubt it. Um, maybe ever. Maybe ever. And they've both been uh, wonderful radio broadcasters over the journey as well as television and, and they gave great insight to our SEN and SENZ listeners uh, throughout the course of the Border Gavaskar series just three or four months ago. So it's great to have those two guys back with us again. Uh, for the, the Ashes, I'll have Daniel Norcross as the other ball-by-baller with me. Daniel is the best ball-by-baller in England, so it's a privilege to have him uh, joining us as he also was in India and he's worked with us in uh, other test series over the last four or five years. Uh, we'll have Damien Fleming uh, along for the ride. Flem, well-loved member of our team at home. Well, he was also um, with me in England uh, in 2019 doing the World Cup final. So I know he's champing at the bit. Uh, we've got Jeremy Coney, the, the the great New Zealand former captain, maybe their greatest captain ever, um, who's been a mainstay of TV and radio over the last 35 years. And um, I would say he, he's still the best in the business at, at what he does. So And one of the most astute observers of test cricket so we'll have that neutral presence in the box as well across the five ashes test matches and and people like Bharat Sundaresan and Pete Lawler who your listeners would know well having been uh, such a big part of our SEN test match coverage for the last five years so it's a it's a team of uh, voices that people will know well and and hopefully we can do it justice deep into the night and you can fall asleep to us and uh, as people have done since 1948 when um, Don Bradman's side uh, went to England. I mean, of course, before that as well with the synthetic com- synthetic commentaries before the war. But since 1948, there's always been uh, radio commentary from the ground back to Australia from Ashes series in England. And, and yeah, very mindful of how special this, this privilege is. Well, it'll be an absolute pleasure for you and for us, for you to pick up that uh, mantle and keep running with it and us to listen to it and, and fall asleep to the dulcet tones of Adam Collins and wake <laughs> up with you. I mean, that's everyone's dream, isn't it? Anyway, now I'll move on. Actually, you've got, <laughs> hey, you've, you, you've got a Michael Nisa fan in Barat Sandarason, which is fantastic. So give him the mic as much as possible. Adam, thank you. We will uh, look forward to June 7. It all kicks off here across the SEN network. The best way to listen to it is, of course, down the uh, app, Download the SEN app, do that. Uh, but if you're listening on uh, on air, on the wireless, 6.93am uh, or 16.20 uh, on the Gold Coast. Adam, thank you, mate. Have a good call. We will uh, chat throughout the series, no doubt. I'm sure we will. Thanks, gents, and uh, have a great show. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Oh, today has been an absolute hoot. Thank you for being part of it. Thank you for making it. If you missed any part of the show today or yesterday, uh, head to our podcast. Download that. iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your good podcasts. I will be back next Tuesday. Origin Eve. Cannot wait for this. It is the best time of year, isn't it? Jimmy Smith standing by to take you... Oh, no, no. It's Cam Smith in the captain's run, isn't it? That's right. Oh, it's a Wednesday. How good is this? SENQ. Catch you next week. Good luck. Good hunting.